Chapter Two, Part Five of the Black Box by E. Phillips Oppenheim. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Apartment House Mystery, Part Five. Stanford Quest was naturally a person unaffected by presentiments or nervous fears of any sort. Yet, having advanced a couple of yards along the hallway of the house, which he had just entered without difficulty, he came to a standstill, oppressed with a sense of impending danger. With his electric torch, he carefully surveyed the dilapidated staircase in front of him. The walls from which the paper hung down in depressing-looking strips. The house was, to all appearances, uninhabited. The door had yielded easily to his master key, yet this was the house connected with number 700 New York, the house to which Lenora had come. Furthermore, from the street outside, he had seen a light upon the first floor, instantly extinguished as he had climbed the steps. Anyone here? he asked, raising his voice a little. There was no direct response, yet from somewhere upstairs he heard the half-smothered cry of a woman. He gripped his revolver in his fingers. He was a fatalist, and although for a moment he regretted having come single-handed to such an obvious trap, he prepared for his task. He took a quick step forward. The ground seemed to slip from beneath his feet. He staggered wildly to recover himself and failed. The floor had given from beneath him. He was falling into blackness. The fall itself was scarcely a dozen feet. He picked himself up, his shoulder bruised, his head swimming a little. His electric torch was broken to pieces upon the stone floor. He was simply in a black gulf of darkness. Suddenly, a gleam of light shone down. A trap door above his head was slid a few inches back. The flare of an electric torch shone upon his face. A man's mocking voice addressed him. Not the great Sanford Quest. This surely cannot be the greatest detective in the world walking so easily into the spider's web. Any chance of getting out? Quest asked laconically. None, was the bitter reply. You've done enough mischief. You're there to rot. Why this animus against me, my friend, MacDougall? Quest demanded. You and I have never come up against one another before. I didn't like the life you led in New York ten years ago, or your friends, but you've suffered nothing through me. If I let you go, once more came the man's voice, I know very well in what chair I shall be sitting before a month has passed. I am James MacDougall, Mr. Sanford Quest, and I have got the Ashley Diamonds and I have settled an old grudge, if not of my own, of one greater than you. That's all. A pleasant night to you. The door went down with a bang, faintly, as though, indeed, the footsteps belonged to some other world. Sanford Quest heard the two leave the house. Then, silence. A perfect oubliette, he remarked to himself as he held a match over his head a moment or two later, built for the purpose. 
It must be the house we failed to find, which Bill Taylor used to keep before he was shot. Smooth brick walls, smooth brick floor. Only exit, twelve feet above one's head. Human means, apparently, are useless. Science, you have been my mistress all my days. You must save my life now, or lose an earnest disciple. He felt in his overcoat pocket and drew out the small, hard pellet. He gripped it in his fingers, stood as nearly as possible underneath the spot from which he had been projected, coolly swung his arm back, flung the black pebble against the sliding door. The explosion which followed shook the very ground under his feet. The walls cracked about him. Blue fire seemed to be playing around the blackness. He jumped on one side, barely in time to escape a shower of bricks. For minutes afterwards, everything around him seemed to rock. He struck another match. The whole of the roof of the place was gone. By building a few bricks together, he was easily able to climb high enough to swing himself onto the fragments of the hallway. Even as he accomplished this, the door was thrown open and a crowd of people rushed in. Sanford Quest emerged, dusty but unhurt, and touched the constable on his arm. "'Arrest me,' he ordered. "'I am Sanford Quest. I must be taken at once to headquarters.' "'That's so, Mr. Quest?' "'Stand on one side, you loafers,' the man ordered, pushing his way out. "'We'll have a taxicab,' Quest decided. "'Is there anyone else in the house?' the policeman asked. "'Not a soul,' Quest answered. They found a cab without much difficulty. It was five o'clock when they reached the central police station. Inspector French happened to be just going off duty. He recognized Quest with a little exclamation. "'Got your man to bring me here,' Quest explained, so as to get away from the mob. "'Say, you've been in trouble,' the inspector remarked, leading the way into his room. "'Bit of an explosion, that's all,' Quest replied. "'I shall be all right when you've lent me a clothes brush. "'The Ashley Diamonds, huh?' the inspector asked eagerly. "'I shall have them at nine o'clock this morning,' Sanford Quest promised, "'and hand you over the murderer somewhere around midnight.' The inspector scratched his chin. "'From what I can hear about the young lady's friends,' he said, it's the murderer they are most anxious to see Nab. They'll have him, Quest promised. Come around about half-past nine, and I'll hand over the diamonds to start with. Quest slept for a couple of hours. He had a bath and made a leisurely toilet. At a quarter to nine, he sat down to breakfast in his rooms. At nine o'clock, he told his servant, a young lady will call. Bring her up. The door was suddenly opened. Lenora walked in. Quest glanced in surprise at the clock. "'My fault!' he exclaimed. "'We are slow. Good morning, Miss Lenora.' She came straight to the table. The servant, at a sign from Quest, disappeared. There were black rims around her eyes. She seemed exhausted. She laid a little packet upon the table. Quest opened it coolly. The Ashley Diamonds flashed up at him. 
he led Lenora to a chair and rang the bell. "'Prepare a bedroom upstairs,' he ordered. "'Ask Miss Roach to come here.' "'Laura,' he added, as his secretary entered, "'will you look after this young lady? "'She is in a state of nervous exhaustion.' The girl nodded. She understood. She led Lenora from the room. Quest resumed his breakfast. A few minutes later, Inspector French was announced. Quest nodded in a friendly manner. "'Some coffee, Inspector?' "'I'd rather have those diamonds,' the Inspector replied. Quest threw them lightly across the table. "'Catch hold, then.' The Inspector whistled. "'Say, that's bright work,' he acknowledged. "'I believe I could have laid my hands on the man, but it was the jewels that I was afraid of losing.' Just so, Quest remarked. And now, French, will you be here, please, at midnight with three men armed? Here, the inspector repeated. Quest nodded. Our friend, he said, is going to be mad enough to walk into hell, even when he finds out what he thinks has happened. It wasn't any of Jimmy's lot, the inspector asked. Sanford Quest shook his head. French, he said, keep mum. But it was the elderly family retainer, MacDougall. I felt restless about him. He has lost the girl. He was married to her, by the by, and the jewels. No fear of his slipping away. I shall have him here at the time I told you. You're a way of your own of doing these things, Mr. Quest, the inspector admitted grudgingly. Mostly luck, Quest replied. Take a cigar. So long. Inspector, they want me to talk to Chicago on another little piece of business. It was a few minutes before midnight when Quest parted the curtains of a room on the ground floor of his house in Georgia Square and looked out into the snow-white street. Then he turned around and addressed the figure, lying as though asleep upon the sofa by the fire. Lenora, he said, I am going out. Stay here, if you please, until I return. He left the room. For a few moments there was a profound silence. Then a white face was pressed against the window. There was a crash of glass. A man, covered with snow, sprang into the apartment. He moved swiftly to the sofa, and something black and ugly swayed in his hand. "'So you've deceived me, have you?' he panted. "'Handed over the jewels. "'Chuck me, and give me the double-cross. "'Anything to say?' "'A piece of coal fell on to the grate. "'Not a sound came from the sofa. "'McDougal leaned forward, "'his white face distorted with passion. "'The life-preserver bent and quivered behind him. "'Cut the air with a swish.' and crashed full upon the head. The man staggered back. The weapon fell from his fingers. For a moment he was paralyzed. There was no blood upon his hand, no cry, silence inhuman, unnatural. He looked again, then the lights flashed out all around him. There were two detectives in the doorway, their revolvers covering him. Sanford Quest, with Lenora in the background. In the sudden illumination, MacDougall's horror 
turned almost to hysterical rage. He had wasted his fury upon a dummy. It was sawdust, not blood, which littered the couch. Take him, men, Quest ordered. Hands up, McDougal. Your number's up. Better take it quietly. The handcuffs were upon him before he could move. He was trying to speak, but the word somehow choked in his mouth. You can send a wireless to Lord Ashley, Quest continued, turning to French. Tell him that the diamonds have been recovered and that his daughter's murderer is arrested. What about the young woman? the inspector asked. Lenora stood in an attitude of despair, her head downcast. She had turned a little away from MacDougall. Her hands were outstretched. It was as though she were expecting the handcuffs. You can let her alone, Sanford Quest said quietly. A wife cannot give evidence against her husband, and besides, I need her. She is going to work for me. MacDougall was already at the door. Between the two detectives, he swung around. His voice calm, almost clear, calm with the concentration of hatred. You are a wonderful man, Mr. Sanford Quest, he said. Make the most of your triumph. Your time is nearly up. Keep him for a moment, Sanford Quest ordered. You have friends then, MacDougall? Who will avenge you, huh? I have no friends, MacDougall replied. But there is one coming whose wit and cunning, science and skill, are all conquering. He will brush you away, Sanford Quest, like a fly. Wait a few weeks. You interest me, Quest murmured. Tell me some more about this great master. I shall tell you nothing, MacDougall replied. You'll hear nothing. You'll know nothing. Suddenly, you'll find yourself opposed. You will struggle, and then the end. It is certain. They led him away. Only Lenora remained sobbing. Quest went up to her, laid his hand upon her shoulder. You've had a rough time, Lenora, he said, with strange gentleness. Perhaps the brighter days are coming. End of chapter 2, part 5